live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 608. Uh, Wednesday morning, October 19th, 2022, 21 degrees in the capital city. Urgh. My goodness. Uh, that would be another record low, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be another record low. 26, the previous record low, or five degrees below it right now. But uh, never fear. Temperature is going to warm up a little bit today from where we were yesterday, but into the 70s, 60s today, 70s tomorrow. And then we're still tracking for a. Uh, a huge record-breaking warmth day, at least on Sunday, maybe on Saturday, too. Uh, but mid to upper 80s there for your weekend. Uh, glad to have you with us on a Wednesday. It is What Chaps Your Eye Wednesday, your chance to get those little things that have been eating at you off of your chest in multiple different ways. You can text us into the Rickstein Recognition text line, 402-479-1400. That same uh, number will be uh, open for phone calls at 710 this morning. And then facebook.com slash LNK today where we've got a thread. You can always just go there and uh, type them in that way if you'd rather do that so a lot of options and uh we believe that you're gonna you're gonna uh be happy that you got it off your chest if you do go ahead and do that so we'll talk about that coming up at 7 10 uh we've got mayor leary and gaylor bear joining us today at 8 10 uh we got john bishop joining us at 8 35 we've got two fantasy huskers keywords at 6 35 and 8 10 uh and so we are uh we're very busy here on a wednesday morning uh mark vale good morning how are you doing today i'm chapped why are you chapped you got cold, one already yeah well the cold weather is making my fingers chapped and oh, okay and and they're cracking open and all that so okay so i'm sorry to hear that i am uh, i'm sorry to hear that well so well, I'm I'm literally chapped. Yeah. Well, we've had two days of cold weather, and I have about 400 in a row after that coming. So, uh, well, I'll, I don't know I'll, that that's going to get better. For I'll you. be better by this weekend. Okay, yeah, so, 84, 87. Yeah, it's uh, this is amazing. We actually dropped to 19 at one this morning. Oh, so, did we? Yeah. So, so that's almost we almost broke the uh, record low by all. We're getting close to like 10 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, wow. it, uh, just before 1 o'clock, it hit 19 out at the airport. So. All right, yeah, because that so record I, low is 26. I don't know if we can stand this heat wave that we're getting right now. I mean, we're up to, what, 21? Yeah, 21 uh, right now will be in the 60s by, should be in the 60s by late afternoon today, uh, looks like, yeah. Uh, all right, good. Uh, Caleb, good morning. Hello. Uh, welcome in. Hi. Hello. Uh, I want to start today. After all of the uh after all the speculation last winter about the mystery metrics that were in the Scott Frost contract and all of the discussion about what those were, were they written down, were they concrete, were they not concrete? Well, Trev Alberts last night on KLIN after the court ruled. After the court, after the U, after USA Today pushed to get these mm-hmm. as a matter of, of public record with the university, Trev decided to sort of beat it, beat the, uh, beat the information to the punch, so to speak, uh, as it was going to come out anyway as a result of this court and tell everyone what the mystery metrics were that would get Scott Frost's 
uh, salary back up to where it was after it was cut down and the length of the contract back to where it was. And it was just getting, it was just getting six wins. It's what I thought it was. It's just, it's just, it was like, and there were some people that were saying, no, it's got to be seven or it's got to be eight. And it's this lofty thing. I was like, or it's got to be this like complex formula with these other metrics and all these other things. Guys, win the most games you have here in Lincoln. That was it. What was there? Two, two paragraphs to it? Two paragraphs. Yeah. I mean, what, what was there to keep out of the public eye? Well, I think, I, I think the thought from Trev was, you know the entire if if you released what that was that the way that so much would be framed about this thing that he needed to get to to, oh, okay. to, to just the, the so much would be fra- it would be he would be asked about it directly and i think he thought it might be a hindrance and a distraction during the season is my guess well and here's the thing it wasn't released and still, all of the discussions were: Can you get to six wins? Can you get to a right, bowl game? Right. And and the thought was, you probably needed to do that to yeah. to keep your job. And so, I don't know if in in retrospect, he wish it had been. Now, maybe the more interesting thing is that Scott wanted it written. Down. Is that Frost wanted it written? Wanted it in writing. And Trev didn't want to put it in writing. Yeah. Essentially, which maybe gives you an idea of what the tenor of those negotiations what that relationship were at the time. started to feel like yeah um yeah i i would think maybe that is that is the case but yeah you hear that now and you and you're just like geez that was i mean here's what i was really attainable i mean like all right help me out with this with your with your law degree i'm wondering if in those paragraphs it says the scott frost led nebraska cornhuskers make a bowl game or if it just says nebraska Gets to six wins, makes a bowl game in twenty twenty. Well, I don't know. I, I mean, are is, you is, are you getting at that he could still get his contract now? Is is, is no the contract is now? I know he is now voided, yeah. so that clause is no longer op- <laughs> applicable to the current the current situation. Conspiracy yeah. theorists. There it was you just are. so just try, just It try. was just so funny because I, 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 there was a part of me that after all the discussion about it, I, I expected there to be all the you know. Like the fact that they didn't want it out there, I thought maybe it was had some sort of I don't know, like a behavior clause in it, and maybe just some weird different metrics or things that needed to be done, or some things that could potentially have been embarrassing or something. And then after all of that speculation and thinking about it, it's just like no, it's just I mean, it's just six wins and get to a bowl. I mean, that's it. And it became and like okay, and because all, you we all this was much ado about that because you denied the the records request from local outlets, and then USA Today had to go through through all of this to get it. It became such a bigger thing than it than it even needed to be, right? It just yeah, it was it was this like treasure hunt for sort of a boring treasure. If it would have just been when the the World Herald reached out or Journal Star, I know there's basically same thing. And you would just said, okay, here's the records for that. Here's the two paragraphs. It would have gone into a story. People would have talked about it for a little bit, and it would have been gone. Instead, it had to keep getting brought up. I wonder what those metrics are. Oh, I wonder what those metrics were. And then now, okay, well, a judge rules. You have to say what those metrics are. Right. Like You stretched this thing out way longer than it even man. would have been. You, I, and then the other takeaway from that is, man, he really could have got, I mean, 
You really could have done that this year. Oh, that was within reach. Like it uh, wasn't eight wins to get to. It was six. I mean, yeah, you I mean you should have had three wins. You should have been halfway there before the Oklahoma game. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. We, we were talking about the possibility of being there by the by uh Halloween. Yep, they could have. I mean it, it 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 certainly was I mean, can you imagine that? <laughs> that scenario now? That that you you pull off the Northwestern and the Georgia Southern wins, right? Mm-hmm. And then you know still lose to Oklahoma. Then probably yeah, it, you're at a scenario where you're there by, and then his contract is basically reinstated. Yeah, at that point, like he was the, the. It's just a weird because the perception is now after it's over and you're hearing more and you're kind of seeing just how how bad things looked at the field at that time. Like it's a little, I don't know. I don't know if unsettling is the word. Surprising that this this getting back to the normalcy on the contract was that in reach this year. It really was. Even 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 given how everything went, I mean, those two games that they lost, Northwestern game, the Georgia Southern game, I mean, that field goal goes in. Who knows, mm-hmm. right? So it's just it's it, the I mean, the bar wasn't set somewhere astronomical for what needed to be achieved this season. But then you go back and you see the way things did go in Dublin, the way they did go against Georgia Southern, and Trev Alberts pulling the plug and saying, all right, well, I wanted to give the rest of the team a chance to have something this season. We're still talking about, even after the season starting like it did, we're still talking about if they get to that point. Right? I mean... There's still a likelihood that they do. I don't know about that, but... It's not a strong likelihood. Yeah, it's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, you've... uh, we now know no more mystery. Although again, it's it's like the uh, it's like this treasure hunt, and the treasure turns to be you know kind of boring, <laughs> a little surprisingly small. It's just turned over the stone, just, and it said it's just, peace on earth. It's just a it's just a couple of bucks in a big chest at the end of a rainbow. Uh, p- big public hearing last night. I mean, I say big public hearing. You had you had uh, people who were there to give their positions actually two hearings yesterday yeah i guess they were one after the other weren't they but Uh, one in the afternoon one in the evening yeah um about about voter id and about minimum wage the two items that uh got the the signatures needed to get on the ballot coming up here in less than three weeks now and uh this is this is required by state law that they have these public hearings. Yeah, one. Uh, one I, in, I'm not quite sure what the actual purpose is. It's an infor- it's it's labeled as an informational meeting. So they call it a hearing, but it's where all of the details of the uh, initiatives are laid out, and then proponents and opponents can get up and make their case. Uh, nothing's going to change. The initiatives are going on the ballot. It's just, but it's required by state law, and it has to be a hearing on each one in each congressional district i mean i guess if you're truly an undecided voter on either or both of these issues and you want to go get briefed on what is on the ballot and the different arguments there this would be perfect i don't know that anybody actually does it that way i think mainly this is a chance for the sides to say their pieces and and show up that's exactly what it is but if you were ever if you ever didn't know where you were on one of these it'd be i guess a nice opportunity there's also an informational brochure available at each county election office. Oh, well, great. So I'll have to take a look at that, and maybe it'll help inform my decision on how I'm voting on these issues. We will see. But you could have gone to the hearings. 
That's true. I well, one one of the things that I was interested in was uh, if there was any opposition to minimum wage, uh, the minimum wage issue, because in kind of talking about that in the past, there there hasn't been a real organized opposition to the minimum wage issue. Um, but uh, evidently, according to according to one of the pieces on this, it sounds like uh, Katie Bullmeyer, policy and research coordinator of Lincoln Independent Business Association, kind of led that. Uh, that charge. The Lima Board of Directors uh, actually came out against the minimum wage, uh, and and that's been their position. Uh, we go into a detail on it in one of the recent um, uh, Lincoln Business Beats, so yeah. if you want to catch that, uh, a big discussion with Bud Seinhorst, the president and CEO, on the minimum wage, why small business, Lima, uh, in particular, is, uh, is opposed there, to this. And it's interesting just because there hasn't been there, – there, you know, there there hasn't. Been, I'm not sure that it's the, this issue either on either side has really caught fire anywhere. But um, in 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 some of the conversations that I've had with my guests who are tuned into politics, they've kind of been like, uh, you just even the people who are opposed to it haven't been very outwardly uh, outwardly opposed to it no, it's, uh, it's, on, it's on a- the issue. And so you want, and it's passed in the it, it's passed in the past. Um, P A S S E D and the P A S T. Yes, but yeah, the the one of the things is that there's a cost of living adjustment after the five year where it gets to the or through 2025 where it gets to um, fifteen dollars an yeah. hour. So by 2025, that's a 67 percent increase in the cost of living or uh, in the uh, minimum wage. Yeah, and and then and then on the voter ID, I think there's a lot you know kind of more predictable the cast of characters who are there what the arguments are this has been this has been back and forth in the legislature for years um and it's it's been kind of a hot button issue for a long time so you can i mean you can kind of gather you probably know a lot of the arguments for and against on that one here at this point the other uh uh, contest that's really heated up in the last 48 to 72 hours is the morefeld condon even more i didn't i thought it was already white hot it was but it's now what the the afterburners are on well the the tv ads are hitting and and they're both claiming that uh their uh their lies in each of the competitive you know lies about the record and all of this so it's really uh really pretty serious uh it's hot it's i saw the burners were lit yesterday i saw those uh condon or those i guess i mean they were anti-morfeld ads a ton this last weekend and the way that they just pull these pictures, the way, the way, the, man, the ads this year, the local ads, the are just, are just kind of nasty this year. It feels like um, on both sides. On, uh, I mean the 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 Morfeld one where he's wearing the, you know, the Facebook. Uh, they pulled it off of something where he's doing like a big boxing gloves thing, and then at the very end he's wearing like it looks like an engine train engineer's hat or something. I, you know, when I saw it, I thought he was maybe at one of these uh, pumpkin farms or something riding the train. <laughs> no, I don't was, know. But, I have no idea. But yeah, yeah, they've they've got that the the you know the Panzing Pelosi, the Patty Panzing Pelosi thing, and I don't know. Gloves are gloves are off here. Yeah, well, we're down to what twenty days. 20 days, three weeks from yesterday. It still seems like a long time. Yes. It seems like a long time before this actually happens. We will uh, We will have live coverage, though. We're going to do our KLI. We did this uh, around the, the uh, primary night when a lot of the focus that night, of course, was, was you know, really just on the... Uh, on the gubernatorial race, there were legislative races and those sorts of things too. Then, but so we're going to bring our panel back, and uh, 
we we uh, we strive at least i strive to bring you not only you know there's a lot of places you can go and hear numbers when they come out see a crawl on the bottom of a tv we give you analysis and entertainment on klin's election coverage that i promise you so we'll be doing that again coming up three weeks from yesterday tuesday night i think we're gonna do an extended version of drive tom lincoln with uh, commander jack uh, then I'm going to jump in and Caleb's going to jump in. We'll see if Tim Herzen wants to jump in with us again. And uh, we'll we'll get you ready for the first returns. We'll entertain you along the way. That's what radio's for. All right. Take a break. What's more impressive than a talking dog? Uh, I don't know. Spelling B. <laughs> That's 625. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. Well, if you uh, missed it here on Fling Week Part 2, Caleb finally stumped me with a spelling yesterday. Or the word fuchsia. That was yesterday's keyword, not today's. Uh, we'll see if he's going to try and do it again. What is our keyword this morning for pick number five? Gobbledygook. Oh, my gosh. That's a word? Gobbledygook. Oh, God. I'm going to miss this one. Language that is meaningless or is made unintelligible by excessive use or ab- abstruse technical uh, terms. I mean, I nonsense. know what I think it is, but it might not be. It's probably not right. G-O-B-B-L-E-D-Y-G-O-O-K. Ding, ding, ding. I got it. Got it. Gobbledygook. <laughs> To 402-479-1400, the Rickside Recognition Text Line. I don't know why I'm karate chopping. (laughs) (laughs) She's very happy to know you're gobbledygook. All right. Uh, And you can get a uh, pick then in Fantasy Huskers, where this week it's Fling Week. We could have a fling with uh, another top 25 team, another top, a top 25 team, uh, an AP top 25 team. (laughs) <laughs> I guess you could call it a bit of a yeah, you know what you're an doing. upgrade for Fling Week. Uh, but anyway, uh, you're going to pick a uh, AP Top 25 team, and uh, you're going to try and pick the one that scores the most points this week. Off the board so far are... Tennessee, UCLA, Ohio State, and Wake Forest. Okay. So check out who they play. Check out, make sure they've got a game uh, before you make your pick. Yeah, that. There's a lot of... There, I still believe there are a lot of good options. I believe... Uh, all six of the remaining pickers all will have decent options for for this, and the tenth pick could win it just as easily as the first pick this week. And if you do, you're going to get that uh, uh, package from Valentino's and Alumni Hall. So pizza and Husker gear. All right, Qual- qualifiers are down 
<laughs> and entries are down. <laughs> are they? People just don't want to mess around with spelling that? Well, I've also got a couple that have misspelled it. Oh, no. Yeah. Gobbledygook. Okay. Just Google it first, then copy it and paste it in your text. That I mean, that's... Your phone should autocorrect that, too. See, here's a problem. This is an early what chaps my hide for me. <laughs> for anybody who follows me on, on Twitter, it's uh, you, you know that it's almost become a bit of a... A shtick, although it's not intentional, that I have, I try, I get so fast and passionate about my tweeting, especially like during Husker football games, that I very frequently make errors in terms of just leaving a word out or misspelling a word or just having something flat out not make sense. Um, but my phone has gotten so used to me misspelling certain words <laughs> that it has quit that it has quit flagging them as being a misspell. Like one time, Caleb, I wrote Nebraska, the word Nebraska in all caps. And now it just wants to all now, caps. Every, every time, time I write the word Nebraska, it goes into all caps, and I cannot get it to not. I mean, I've got to delete the whole thing, write it again, and then select the version of it that is not in all caps. My phone will sometimes do that with don't. Yeah, I don't know. Like you do it once, and it apparently thinks you always want to capitalize mm -hmm. The entirety of that word, which I, I I occasionally do, but not every single time. It looks very it looks very odd in some texts when it capitalizes the word Nebraska out of nowhere. All right, sound off. Hey, guess what, Caleb? Biden's gonna open up some more strategic oil reserves. Ooh. Let it flow. Let the oil Let flow. flow. Let this, it flow out of the strategic oil reserves. It's all for take that OPEC plus, <laughs> right? Take that which, Saudi Arabia, which sounds like its own streaming service. <laughs> OPEC plus. You want to watch it's oil the, TV? It's the commercial free version of OPEC. <laughs> oh. Just uh, how we like it. Uh, anyway. Well, we're going to see the president come out and talk about gas prices and his plan to reduce those prices. Bloomberg is reporting that the administration is inching closer to releasing more oil from the strategic oil reserve to the tune of about 10 to 15 million barrels. Critics say it's a drop in the bucket when you really consider how much oil is being consumed globally every single day. This all comes as the average price for unleaded is now sitting at 387 a gallon that is down from two weeks ago but still higher than it was last month yeah just like uh i don't know anecdotally and lincoln i haven't seen it just go nuts here in terms of prices let me look up what we're averaging here uh around around town but i mean that's the big that's a big question isn't it with with uh with with the strategic oil reserves is just like it's such a it's such a small amount. That's what we said the first time around. That is that really going to have that much of an impact? Is it mainly, you know, symbolic? Uh, best I can find in Lincoln right now. That's not at a membership club. Three forty nine, three forty nine, several three forty nines. Then we got you know three fifty five, three fifty seven, three fifty nine, three fifty nine. Um, so we're not you know. We're not we're not going way up from from where we are right now, but the average the average of the entire thing though is three seventy four. So you got some of the higher ones that are that are bringing that up as well. Um, three weeks away, less than three weeks away now from uh, 
from midterm election day and these uh these it feels like the most attention nationwide is on these toss-up Senate races, and I guess that's justified because they are the races that are really going to control the uh, that are really going to determine the control of the Senate, I should say, and and that may be the only one up in the air really here at this point. And so, uh, all eyes on on Pennsylvania, Ohio, Georgia, uh, Nevada. Uh, I might be forgetting one as well. And so uh, checking out the polls in all these stations, states, where are we at right now? The four Senate races considered toss-ups are getting even closer now. In Georgia, the latest Real Clear Politics average shows Democrat incumbent Raphael Warnock's lead is just two percentage points above Republican challenger Herschel Walker. In Pennsylvania's 10th Senate race, Democrat John Fetterman's polling lead over Republican Dr. Mehmet Oz is down to just 3.2 percent. And Republican Adam Laxalt leads the polls for Nevada's Senate seat. In Arizona, Blake Masters is now within four percentage points of Democrat incumbent Senator Mark Kelly. All right, so they considered Arizona and Nevada. Uh, Ohio is is the other one that you're you're hearing a lot about too. Uh, that I guess you could you could put in that group as well. Um, I don't I don't really know how to respond to this. A new poll asked uh, respondents from both parties. How much of a concern do they have about the well-being of the democ- of democracy in the United States? And uh, as you might suspect, the, the results weren't very encouraging. 71% say democracy is at risk. 7% identify it as the most important problem facing the country. New York Times-Siena College poll finds a majority of Democrats and Republicans say the other party poses a major threat to democracy. Overall, 28% of voters, 41% of Republicans, say they have little to no faith in the accuracy of the upcoming midterm election results. 71% of Republicans say they'd be fine voting for a candidate who says the 2020 presidential election was stolen. 37% of independents and 12% of Democrats say that's not a deal breaker for them either. Chris Foster, Fox News. Okay, so, so we agree it's a problem. We don't agree who's responsible for that problem. In fact, we have diametrically different opinions on that. <laughs> yeah. All right, good. Just checking. Uh, how about this? Now, we've uh, been so much talk over the last few years about COVID vaccines, but this is like hard to believe in some ways. But some of the people behind some of the initial COVID vaccines are saying, hey, you know, we are not far from, believe it or not, from a cancer vaccine. Is that even possible? Wait, I, I, I know. Just listen. I know that's what that was my reaction to. The promising prediction comes from the husband and wife duo behind the successful Pfizer BioNTech COVID 19 vaccine. The founders of BioNTech telling the BBC that several trials for the vaccine are underway that show promising signs, something they were working on long before the COVID pandemic. They say the experience in developing the COVID vaccine is now being applied to creating one for cancers. Gary Baumgarten, Fox News. Okay. (laughs) I mean, they're saying within eight years it might be ready. Here's my concern. At this point. That someone in Boston is going to hear this and think, how can I create the deadliest (laughs) cancer? Right, right. Uh, No, they, they said they thought cancer vaccines could be widely available before 2030. So... One of the approaches that they use, you were asking, how does that work exactly? Uh One of the approaches to teach the immune system how to recognize and destroy cancer cells, 
um, which ideally would prevent cancer from going in the first place. And then further along are other types that are vaccines that are designed to treat people who already have cancer, um, including one actually FDA-approved cancer vaccine for people with advanced prostate cancer as well. So we'll see. (laughs) That'd be something. I mean... I don't know. Like that's something that, especially when you go through and there's, we do the Team Jack Radiothon, right? And you raise all the money for for research and everything else that goes into it. I don't know. It just always still feels like that's a far off thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got and and I didn't even realize this. Moderna's also working on a uh, an mRNA vaccine, also to target specific cancers. Good as well. It's. I mean, it's. It's kind of a significant emerging field right now. Um, they they've already, you know, the 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 people from Moderna they they were saying they've already partnered with Vaxitech to trial one of the world's first therapeutic vaccines for lung cancer, mm. and they're finding cutting edge research learning how virus and vaccine technology might activate the immune system against cancer. So, well. Then we can have another fight about vaccines when that's Yeah, then we'll figure that out when we get to it. Uh, I guess it'd be a good problem to have. Uh, let's see. Hey, uh, something you might want to watch for with retailers this holiday season. You get a gift, doesn't fit, you don't like it, you already got one, whatever that it is. Uh, now, normally you assume you can just you know bring it back, bring it back to the store, get a refund, get an exchange, whatever that it might be. Uh, but check this year. If that's actually free, or there's a cost to do that, wait, a because return cost? There, yeah, there are more and more retailers who are being forced to uh, to do that because restocking is uh, costing more than it used to. You might want to choose gifts carefully this holiday season. Major retailers are bracing for a tsunami of returns, and with inflation and transportation costs stubbornly high, many of them are rethinking their policies on free returns. While some companies have actually relaxed their return policies this season to help consumers, others are already charging fees. For instance, J. Crew has a fee for online returns. H&M plans to test return fees, and Zara says returns dropped off at a third-party site will incur a fee. Carmen Roberts, Fox News. All right. All right. Uh, Amazon better not do that. I'm just saying, when... If we know which place, like, when I'm doing my shopping, if I know which place has a restocking fee, which place doesn't, probably shopping at the place that doesn't have a restocking fee, especially when I'm having anybody shop for my daughter. Like, you shop for kids? Right. I like Sizing what, is a... What, what size is she? Well, she's a 3T, but sometimes if you get a boy's thing, it might be like a, a big 2T. Right. Go through and trying to get any sizes and not being able to return it without paying. There's also a portion of your kid's life where they wear the same shoe size for a good two to three weeks, and then it's a different one. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you're there yet or not, but that's always an issue as well. Uh, let's see. Got a couple of more here. Got a couple of more here. Oh, uh, uh, Officer Chad's in here. He'll like this one because it deals with donuts. Um, I'm sorry. That's a, that's a low-hanging fruit. But anyway, this is interesting. McDonald's. McDonald's is partnering up with a rival, Krispy Kreme, 
and it's like a crossover episode of a sitcom. What is going on? The fast food giant will be selling Krispy Kreme donuts beginning October 26th at nine locations in Louisville, Kentucky, as part of a test to inform future menu decisions, according to both companies. It's an unusual move since the two chains compete for breakfast customers, and McDonald's has its own lineup of sweet treats. The partnership is potentially a much bigger move for Krispy Kreme, which is eager to expand the availability of its donuts in the U.S. Krispy Kreme will deliver the donuts daily to participate participating McDonald's restaurants and customers can purchase them individually or in six packs. Hillary Barsky, Fox News. Now maybe that's a good idea. Super unnecessary in Lincoln because they're literally next door to each other. I want this to work the other way. <laughs> I want to be able to go to Krispy Kreme and get my McFlurry. On it. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying like your egg McMuffin or your I mean your, that no, that's fine too, but I'm just That actually would be more helpful to me. The the mix because my kids want donuts, but I'm usually not getting donuts, but the yeah. ice cream machine not being down at Krispy Kreme would be fantastic. But again, in in, in Lincoln, like they're it's right there. they're right next to each other. I mean they're right, right they can walk them over if they need to in the morning. To make the delivery. Can't wait for all of the coffee shops in town to just start working together. Yeah. And then uh, and then colluding on price points and, and those sorts of things. Uh-oh. Uh, last but not least, I don't know if you heard the story about uh, James Gordon apparently being a real jerk in a restaurant. No. Did you hear about that? Well, I, I saw the Nebraska Humane Society tweeting out something about it. <laughs> about James Gordon? Yeah, about how he's... Uh, He's not allowed at the Nebraska. Well, there was this restaurant, this restaurant owner in New York City who had this scathing Instagram post about James Corden was the biggest jerk that ever came in to his restaurants and treated the staff like crap and all this stuff. And evidently, James has now apologized and they're all good with one another. A New York City restaurateur, Keith McNally, has forgiven James Corden after claiming the late, late show host was the most abusive customer he's ever had. He posted on Instagram, James Corden just called me and apologized profusely, having messed up myself more than most people, I strongly believe, in second chances. McNally, who owns the iconic restaurant Baltazar, said he had to kick out the comedian from his restaurants due to mistreatment of the staff from Corden on two occasions. Michelle Polino, Fox News. You mean the guy who dressed like a rat and danced in traffic and held everything up for yeah, a long time? I know. Wouldn't be that. bad at making decisions at some point. Well, I was, I was going to take the other side of this. Like he seems, I mean, he seems like one of the least likely celebs to be oh, a I, jerk at a restaurant. I know, but. Seems so, sort of fun-loving, and you know, right? I'm saying the part about maybe not thinking through something entirely. I think the movie. I mean, I think maybe it was the movie company that that made him do that. Because weren't they promoting? Uh, They're promoting one of those the, the, movies. the Cinderella yeah. live thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. So there you go. So apparently James is okay. Apparently he can go back to Balthazar or Balthazar. I will never be there in my life. I'm. Boycotting. No. no second chances. <laughs> All right, it's 654. We'll take a break. Officer Chad is next on KLIN. They done it. And now LPT needs your help. Crime Stoppers on LNK Today. Well, I need to start out by by apologizing to our uh, our law enforcement officer who comes in every week. I I, uh, I now took for the, which part? I took the low hanging fruit and made <laughs> I, and made a donut joke, and you know, you've got to hear that stuff every single day. It was only just... hurtful because it's true. <laughs> well, what's your favorite I mean, place there? Uh, my favorite donut place or favorite place to eat? Period. 
Well, I was assuming your favorite place to eat would be a donut place. <laughs> oh, see, there it is. Donuts Jeez. <laughs> Rough crowd this morning. Uh, you know, honestly, so this is a little childhood trivia for me. My neighbor used to make homemade donuts, and he really? called them doornuts. Yeah, well, my mom would go to the grocery store, and I'd sneak out in the house across the street yeah. to Louis Pollock's house, because he was a shoemaker in town. We still had a shoemaker. And he would make homemade doornuts for me. Oh my gosh! Those oh, were my hands these. down favorite. Awesome. Yeah, I try these. Yeah, that I haven't a- had too many homemade donuts in my life. Uh, you gotta have the you gotta have the deep fryer and stuff. Uh, to and do I'm that sure usually. it was just pancake batter and a deep fryer. But yeah, still, Louis made me homemade doornuts. Right, that sounds fantastic. Oh, man. they were awesome. Right, I was good. like four. And that's when you knew you wanted to join law enforcement. <laughs> Man, These cops love donuts. I, you know it. what? I come in here. I try to be nice. Jeez. All right, we better read the before. Oh, before man. you stomp stomp out on us. Uh, you know, read. I may just do it this yeah, week. Let's, let's uh, talk about Crime Stoppers. Uh, how about we do touchy about the Tesla? This one is from October fourteenth. Uh, this guy got mad because he said somebody allegedly scratched his Tesla at the North Walmart, so he got out of his car and keyed theirs. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, seems a little bit overboard. Uh, pretty common Adidas-looking hat. Almost kind of looks like a marijuana leaf, but pretty sure it's an Adidas hat, and yes. he's driving a red four-door Tesla. Uh, the other one is workout woes. So the victim in this case, uh, she's down at Planet Fitness working out, which you guys could probably use. Um, i got to <laughs> like get it. a couple digs in there. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, she's at Planet Fitness, 48th and Van Dorn. Her debit card's taken out of her wallet. Um, by the time she figures it out, it's been used at the Super C at 33rd and Sheridan, the NP Mart at 28th and O. We've got two suspects and two different vehicles here. <laughs> One of the vehicles is pretty distinct. It Jeez. looks like either a F-250 or 350 on ridiculous wheels and tires. <laughs> is it going to the monster truck show? What I, is this? Well, I, I would guess they're not going to do a whole lot of off-roading because they're going to destroy those wheels. It in is about jacked up. Just a, yeah. just a little commuter vehicle for groceries. <laughs> what the heck? I, you know, I guess not what I would consider commute in but yeah you, you can haul hey. a lot of groceries hey what well, want to go rip off some people at the gym sure take the most inconspicuous car you can find <laughs> I, you all know, right here's grave digger uh, you know i would say crime opportunity or not a whole lot of forethought put into this one so. so all right well good pictures here of the vehicles the, the, again very inconspicuous uh, you know i was going to bring you guys some hurts donuts next week <laughs> oh, but you okay. blew it, so. yeah that's fine. that's fine that hurts all right oh. All right. Uh, thank you very much, Chad. We'll I'm see you next you week guys. if you're not too mad at us. <laughs> it's 7 o'clock on KLI and Lincoln. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. It's time to get it off your chest with What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. Call or text the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline at 402-479-1400 to tell us what's chapping your hide. All right, and we are ready to go with another What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. Give you a chance to tell the world what's bugging you, that little thing that might be kind of just just driving you nuts. Get it off your chest. Be a more pleasant, productive person. A uh, better person for the community of Lincoln. It's public service is what it is here on LNK Today with Jack and friends. Uh, phone lines, text lines, Facebook page, however you want to get to us is fine. And uh, we're going to start on the phone lines. Debbie is starting off today. Good morning, Debbie. What's chapping your height today? Good morning, gentlemen. 
Morning. Morning. Well, well, I have a small SUV, and it has the, the rear hatch door that I saw ad on TV. They refer to these as the open sesame door. Mm-hmm. It's open sesame because you put your foot under the bumper, and the door will open. And that's so if you have your hands full of yeah. groceries or something, you, you don't have to get the hands free opening. So I practice at home to make sure I have my foot in the right spot. You know, it's to the right to the right of the license plate. Right. Okay. Come out from the grocery store with bags in each hand, go up to the car, put my foot under the uh, bumper right to the right of the license plate. Does it work? No. <laughs> so I move it further to the right. Try it again. Is it open? No. So I go put the foot in the middle of the license plate. Does it open? No. I, oh, for gosh sakes. So you have to set the bags down and open <laughs> the door normally and put the bags in. I get to the house, get in the back. I said, what's wrong with this thing? No bags in my hand. I get out of the car, you know, go to the back. You put my foot to the right license plate and lo and behold, open sesame. <laughs> it opens. It happens all the time. It only works when you don't have groceries in your hands, evidently. I think so. Yes. It's the most frustrating thing. So that's what chapped my hike. It just happened a couple days ago again. I thought, I don't know why I even try. Well, Debbie, don't you know, you put your right foot in, you're supposed to put your right foot out and then put your right <laughs> foot in and shake it all about. And that's, I think, oh, the, okay. the technique. And, okay, and, I'm going to try it next time. <laughs> and and it's not open sesame. It's open says me. <laughs> okay. I'm going to try both those hands next time, right. guys. I'll do that. Thank you, Debbie. Uh, <laughs> All right. Good luck with that. Hey, we got a little breaking news item here. Okay. Uh, 27th and Old Cheney area. Chris Lofgren's uh, on it. Uh, looks like a, a fire in apartment complex, I believe, uh, in an attached garage unit. It's right on the backside of the uh, Dunkin' Donuts there, 27th mm-hmm. and Old Cheney. So they've wow. called, uh, the reason I'm saying that is they've called a lot of equipment on this. Have they? All right. Very busy intersection. Yeah. Very busy it's, intersection. It's behind Dunkin' Donuts, so it won't be right yeah. in that intersection, but there's going to be a sure lot of activity. Having impacts, though. So, sorry about that. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's, go to, uh, let's go to the Facebook page, shall we? There's a lot on there. Uh, Craig says the new Highway 2 mess at the big sur- cur- sur- curve, excuse me, southeast of Cheney, not Cheney. Thank you, Craig. <laughs> he actually spelled it out right. Why divert the Lincoln Mount traffic to the new road, make them slow down, navigate an intersection, merge under Nebraska Parkway? Straight through would have worked fine, and the road and lighting were already there. Okay, I haven't been there. I, I, I have not. Uh, encountered this yet so far, but big change is coming. And he even called it Nebraska Parkway as well, the uh, the new name there for Highway 2. All right. Uh, Chad says, uh, Tua getting injured and ruining my Dolphins 3-0 starts. <laughs> Very specific NFL fandom there from Chad, Miami Dolphins fan. Hey, they're having a good season, and he's coming back. Uh, Nate said, Lincolnites who drive with no headlights in the dark. When did that start? Uh, it was a couple of years ago, actually. It's been since I've been driving in early <laughs> in the morning. I've noticed it several times. It's the people like me who for, who don't do the auto headlights thing. And you, you, there's enough light when you there's enough light on the streets and everything. And you just forget it. Um, but yeah, uh, Barbara says. Political bashing, commercials, every single break in programming. I want to vote no on all of you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Uh, Sounds like a cancel culture idea to me. Uh Mike says, having to wear my winter coat to walk the dog. Chaps my hide. Hey, don't worry. Don't worry. I promise you on Sunday you're not going to have to. (laughs) Promise you on Sunday you're not going to have to. Uh, Patsy says, people who don't disconnect their hoses or drain their sprinklers. Hey, I, I uh, I will tell you what. I mean, I don't know why that would bother her if I didn't, but nonetheless, we rem- we did. Got a text from my mom reminding us two nights ago before it got really, really cold, so we uh, we disconnected our Inter- hose. But interesting, again, though, those people that forget to turn their sprinklers off when it gets this cold. Yeah, that'd be that'd be it. Too. There's several that were running this morning. I, I, but I really have a hard time caring if my neighbors do or don't well, yeah, do that because yeah, it just... pretty much exclusively impacts them. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, whatever. I get it. I get it. Uh, let's do one more on the Facebook page, and then we'll uh, we'll get back to the phones. Um, Karen says, the NSAA making kids who move from other states have a waiting period to participate in activities. It's not like they moved here for high school sports. This rule has never impacted me. I just think it's so stupid. I didn't know that. And that's, I didn't know that was a thing. It's not just out of states. It's, it's across districts as well. Okay. That that because I remember which that would be more likely that they were doing that that would be more likely that you're doing it to, for high school sports. And, and, and here's the thing, and there are a lot of times where it, it can be frustrating. I know that um, there there were times we I was in high school and we had someone move in from Kansas had to wait ninety days, which meant couldn't play at all for the fall sports. Yeah, had to get all the way into basketball season, and it can be frustrating, but it's to prevent going out and essentially recruiting to the state for activities because you'd have to go case by case basis. It is frustrating. And I get that it's chaps. Like I would be chapped about it too. If it, if it impacted me or if it it, and it doesn't and it's still chapping, it's there for a reason. Yeah, I, but she makes a point. If you're coming in for another state, you're not. I mean, that's some. <laughs> no, you you can be moving from another state to come. Saying somebody doesn't want to go to uh, Scott and play volleyball. I guess. I, I, I guess in very rare circumstances, maybe. Maybe. All right. Uh, all of a sudden, the phones randomly decided to light up uh, halfway through the segment. So let's uh, let's jump on them. Uh, that Paul joins us a little late today, but nonetheless, he does join us. Good morning, That Paul. What's chapping your hide? It's not really a chap as much as it's a public service because if That Paul is nothing, he's a public servant. <laughs> Debbie, Debbie, when you went out to your car, had you locked your car before you went into the store, and did you unlock it before you wagged your foot? Oh. That's, that's so, not the way mine works. Oh. Okay. So it might it might need to be locked to have the foot the foot uh, uh, signal to work, or whatever you want to call it. Open or sesame. Unlocked. Yeah. I don't know. The okay. Mark, nope. Mark, why don't you... Step in here and tell us. Well, anytime I get within like 10 feet of my vehicle and have the fob on me. It just senses it, the it, key. It senses the key. It turns a little light on it you know, when it's dark. It shows where you need to put your foot. and All It right. just works. Maybe it's worth trying. Maybe it's All worth right. trying. It's, huh? it's a lot like me that doesn't know how this stuff works. <laughs> it's good, my, it, maybe it will. Thank you, that, Paul. I appreciate it. I don't know. I have this fob and none of the buttons on it. Listen, I've got... Uh, you. Know, I do this thing where I drive my cars until they die. So I'm I'm looking to put 200,000 miles on it. And if there's ever a repair that's going to cost me too much, I just don't get it for the most part with my car. But um, my like I have two doors that don't operate with the fob. 
that won't lock or unlock with the fob. So you've got to manually do those. The fob thing to open the back trunk doesn't work at all. So I I don't do that. Wow. So I just get used to stuff halfway. It's just it's it's always a fact of life is, with my cars. It's like eventually about half the stuff just won't work. Is that your Beat? Uh, same thing with your Beatrice. Uh, garaged uh affluent vehicle that you have at your vacation uh yes okay same same no same very same thing uh all right back to the facebook page uh tom says i might be the only one here that thinks this but it bugs the crap out of me when people just stand on escalators at least stand on the right hand side so those of us who don't want to stand downwind from you can get past <laughs> uh susan says people who ignore road closed to through traffic barricades, specifically semi-drivers who must be following GPS, which doesn't yet show permanently closed roads in a new bypass area. Mm. Um, so there we go. Uh, Logan says the cold weather. Uh, Becca says people who ignore the no turn on red signs. And then she specifically uh, calls out some names here of streets, northbound Warlick Boulevard onto Old Cheney. Yeah, that, I mean... I finally got to go through that intersection during like prime drive time a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yes. Which, I, I mean, I had talked about it plenty, but I just never was really there between the hours of like 4.30 and 6. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were right. Yeah. <laughs> you guys were uh, were absolutely right about that. Uh, all right, I think we got all of them here on the Facebook page. I don't think I missed any of them. Hopefully, I didn't. Um, did you say Will's? I don't know. But look just, at all comments. Change it to all I comments. I hate the Facebook thing. Yeah, you're probably right. It's on most most. Go ahead, read it. Um, well, I replied to Will's, so I'm probably the wrong person to to read his. Okay, well, I don't see. Well, his says so. free loan debt paid by Harding working Americans who did not go to college. Oh, okay. And then Caleb replied, (laughs) I went to college and like to think that I'm a Harding working American. (laughs) Uh, All right. Do we have any on the text line that we need to get to? Yeah, we we, we had a couple come in um, as I go to where I put them. OG Steven says people who don't understand that 25 mile an hour means what that means in residential neighborhoods slow down. Mm. Also staying up too late. Because the series, the offer is so good. Oh, I've never heard of this. Never, never What's heard of that, that on? I, and he also says, Jack, chap, your hide. You're running out of Diet Mountain Dew. Yeah, I am. I am. And Caleb chaps Casey's breakfast pizza. So he <laughs> he was on a roll. Four of them from him. There we go. Uh, Steve oh, it's on sa- Paramount. Sorry, it's on Paramount. Steve says, traffic lights in this town. Do I need to say more? Yeah. All right. You mean Red Light Lincoln? D- um, I've got one. If we're if we're through all our listener submitted ones yeah. here, here's mine, and it's about it's about commercials, and no, it's not about political commercials. It is about the laziness of concept in commercials in 2022. Do you, take a moment, watch a football game, watch the news, whatever it is, whatever it is that you watch, where live commercials are still at a premium, which you know, which isn't a lot. Um, and it can be insurance ads, cell phone ads, um, you know, other other telecommunications type stuff. But have you ever noticed that, like, legit, the concept of half or more of the commercials right now is a celebrity thinking that they're getting a special deal when 
it's not only them getting that deal, but it's available to everyone. You're talking about the State Farm commercials and... All of them. But like those. I'm using that. State Farm, AT&T. I mean, just just pick it. There's a million of them. It is like the most tired concept now that they're still going back to the well on. Like, you'll have a break where it's three commercials in a row with that concept. Oh, it's my special deal, right? Ha, ha, ha. Well, you got to understand, everyone can get this deal. Yeah, but only if their name is Aaron Rodgers. Ha, ha, ha. No, everybody gets I it. I like to know that it's, LeBron it's, James is fighting for new and existing customers. How is that not a dead concept yet? Oh, Patrick Mahomes, he's working here. Patrick Mahomes, you get a special insurance deal. No, it's for everybody. Oh, I know, but it's just for Patrick Mahomes. No! Stop that. Figure out a new way to sell. Your stuff chaps my hide that there's people that exaggerate way out of whack. I'm telling you, it's bad. I mean, people that even on this show say these commercials. There's a million of them. There are. <laughs> All right, it's 7:24. We'll take a break. It's LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to you. All right, let's get it started with. Number five. Well, if it were a game, the final would be USA Today 1, UNL Sports, nothing. Uh, after a short trial uh, a few weeks ago, the judges ruled that the revisions to Scott Frost's uh, contract had to be made public. So he did. Last night, Trev Alberts on the radio. Yeah, and they will officially release what those are here within the seven days. Um, the two paragraphs for it. The metrics that Scott Frost had to meet. Just six wins in a bowl game. Which, which that feels like a baseline that everyone was saying co- coming into the year anyway. So for those to be held back feels like... Anticlimactic? Yes. I, I, this had been shrouded in so much mystery. I had built up in my head based on all of the discussions we had been having at the time. Like, why wouldn't they put this out? Is this actually written down? Is it something that they don't want out there because it's very non-traditional or it would reveal something about uh, about the coach that they don't want to reveal? And, and then that continues to build and build, and then they get sued, and they still won't put it out there at this point. And I'm like, oh, man, this must be some... This must be some crazy stuff in this whole thing. And then and then USA Today wins a suit, and you're like, oh, man, here we go. This is going to be a treasure trove of interesting stuff. Open up the treasure chest, and it's six wins in a bowl game, kind of what I guess I thought it would have been. Here is the smallest baseline that everyone had for you going into the year. <laughs> like, I, and, and it's not that I don't understand why he didn't want to make it public. Like, I understand not wanting to have that number out there during a season and have it just dominate the conversation and have questions come up about it constantly and and all of those things but on the other hand uh, on the other hand was this really that worth that much of a fight and if that's the number that's the number everyone's asking about anyway right right yeah like if it was any other number if it was five wins that that's something. Well, the funny thing is, if it's seven, eight plus, everyone would have known it. If there are other things in there, that all makes sense. When it's six wins and make a bowl game, that's the one that just goes. 
Yes. Like, well, why, why would it be anything else? The other thing is, what if imagine in an alternate world where he did get six wins, he did go to a bowl game, and then have to announce his contract is going back to normal, and you'd know that that's what it was. Right. That's just, it's, this turned out to be so much ado about not much. Now, the, the other interesting conversation is, it was like, huh, he really could have got to that. It feels like he really could have and should have gotten to that. It was attainable, for sure. Absolutely attainable. It was not to win the West. It was not eight wins. Even as is, even as is, you could certainly argue that a couple of different things done here and there, they should have started the season 3-0, and right? And gotten halfway there before the end of September. Let me ask this question. Could this be the scorecard that Mickey Joseph will have to hit? Well, that's uh, see, I don't. It may be, but not, that's out of out of coincidence. Yeah, I feel like looking at where the Scott Frost mystery metrics are or were, and what Mickey Joseph is currently auditioning for. I feel like those are different conversations. They are, but that's a good question. I mean, but if you, I mean, I mean, if but, that's if that um, defines success right. in in Tra- Trevor Albert's um, matrix numbers. Is that, well, is that successful? That's true. I mean, that's a good It's a good point. And plus, if you would do it in four fewer games. That's the thing. Or three it's fewer games. Three fewer. If, if in nine games, Mickey got to six wins, or only five, which then the team is at six. Yeah. That feels like a pretty good argument. It does. Yeah, yeah that's, that's I, my point. That is, that is still the question. Is that... Would that number be enough to make Mickey, you know, I mean, I know there's some people who already want, already want him to be the guy. I think probably in reality he's got to he's got to uh, do something really impressive with the rest of this season as interim head coach, which isn't really fair to him, but he doesn't have a resume. So that's you, you have what you have. Right. And, and if he did get to be, six if wins. If he did that, would that be enough? If he did get to six wins for just himself, that's four out of the last five. Right. Right. I mean, imagine he wins the three home games remaining. Yep. Imagine he wins the three home Illinois, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Which would put the team at six. Yeah. And two of the losses were pre-Mickey, Northwestern, and Georgia Southern. And then yeah. you start thinking, oh, could this have actually been eight? How do you weigh all of that? Yeah. I don't know. One game at a time. Got to beat Illinois. No metrics for Fred Hoiberg that have been written down. Yeah, which th- that was the, always the thing about the Frost one. Like, were they written down? Were they not written down? Does that mean that they're not? If they weren't written down, does that mean they really exist? And here's the thing. Or was that because a contract doesn't have to be written down to exist? I'm I mean, more interested in what Fred Hoiberg's metrics are anyway because there's so much more that goes into that season. Okay. Like for football, it's you knew where things were. You said six wins in a bowl game. Duh. Let me ask you this then. If you know now that you know it's Scott Frost or where they are, what do you think? What does that make you think uh, Hoiberg's are probably? <laughs> Got to be 500? 500 for the season? Doesn't 500 for the season seem like a bigger stretch than the football team getting to a bowl game? Maybe not. Maybe not. 500? 500 for the season? Maybe a season berth? Maybe a certain record in the non-conference? I don't know. I don't know. NIT? I don't know. Husker basketball gets started on Sunday against Shadron. Take the ride toward the mystery metrics, the verbal mystery metrics. Booze up. Have a beer. (laughs) (laughs) Number four. Lincoln Children's Zoo taking some precautions uh, on bird flu, avian influenza, after the uh, Omaha's Henry Dorley Zoo lost a couple of birds to avian influenza. Right now, the Avery, the penguin exhibit, Flamingo Yard, closed to guests. 
and officials implementing other temporary proactive measures. Number one, thank you for not pronouncing it Avion, which a lot of people in the news are for some reason right now. That's that uh, expensive brand of water that everybody used to buy in the nineties. Um, yeah, you got to be you. You've got to be careful here at this point with with what you saw in in Omaha happening, and the, the biggest, they haven't had any cases in no, Lincoln. But so. the biggest risk of spread comes from wild birds and bird droppings that you, you can't really control over that large an area. So you know they're going to have to protect them some other. I uh, wonder if. Uh, this is a legit question. I don't know the answer to it. They let the peacocks like roam wild, wild around in in the zoo. They they're not really. This happens in a lot of zoos. Peacocks are okay to just walk around. I wonder if peacock droppings have that same issue. I don't know. I I would Potentially imagine spread. if they have the disease, it could be. Yeah. All right, moving on. Number three. Now we had a drop in the COVID nineteen risk dial from mid yellow to low yellow. That's a tough combination to say. Mid yellow to low yellow. Uh, hospitalizations uh, and uh, cases down last week. The wastewater viral load up a little bit, but the three-week trend is lower. So uh, maybe we can stop talking about it. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'd appreciate you never saying viral load again. That yeah. was weird two years ago, and it's weird now. The 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 super anecdotal here, but like even this summer, I was still hearing about you know people I knew that. That had it, and it, it's been a long time since I've even heard of anybody who's had it. Well, I had at it this in August. Point. Well, it was, that, that was the summer. Well, that's true. That was two months ago. It's two months ago. You're long recovered. You were the last one that, that I think yep. I know. But I've had, I know. I know there are people who are still getting it, but it does seem it is a little surprising given some of the daily case numbers you're seeing, Mark, that they are keeping it up in yellow still. Yeah. I mean, they're low. Like they went. Down, it feels like they went down to. Maybe people will show me the numbers and I'll be wrong about this. It feels like they went to green for less than this last time they went to green. Yeah, and the other thing Whenever is, that was. is, is was we have that? not seen a, a huge increase in numbers in the schools, and they've been back yeah. now for a month. Yeah. Oh, two months. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I don't think about it at all at this point. Think about what? So, about COVID? Worry about oh. COVID? Yeah. I don't think or... See, I'd already forgotten about it. Um, all right, moving on. Number two. President Biden expected to release another 15 million barrels of oil from the U.S. Strategic Reserve. Still trying to avoid uh, another gas price hike. Think this will work? No. Nope. Mark? Nope. How, it's, the, the, the thing is, it's so this will bring the reserve down to 400 million barrels. Which is one of the lowest since uh, the mid-80s, I believe, early yeah, 80s. Yeah, that, that it's actually been at, uh, at this. Um, but this was... This will p- apparently complete the 180 million of, of oil that he authorized in March. But the question is: Is this enough of a? Given what the daily use actually is, does this move the needle at all when it comes to the supply market? Well, with the OPEC countries uh, cutting their production by two million barrels, although that was from what they had said they were going to produce, they weren't. But yeah, it, it all uh, it all kind of evens out, and you know, right. now that we're going into colder weather. It's only going to exacerbate it, and it looks like, you know, we've had a pretty chill so far in the Midwest. Oh, I mean, right now, looking at prices in, in, in Lincoln, it's like, you know, $359, $355, I mean, They're kind of right around where they I mean, they're a little higher than when they bottomed out, but... How much do we have to release to get the uh, gas prices down to 2 bucks? 
the really whole thing. Whole thing. No more strategic and oil I, reserve. And I don't think that would do even. It. I don't even think that would do it, given the fact that we're going into winter, because you're going to have more and more of it go to heating oil and, and things like that. Do it anyway. Maybe OPEC Plus won't actually. Maybe they'll they'll won't reduce right. their amounts. When are we canceling our subscription to OPEC Plus? <laughs> Tell you what, rather than asking the Saudis to uh, ramp up oil production, why not go to Texas and North Dakota and ask them to? Probably because it would take for. I mean, I feel like they're not. Do you really feel like they're uh, they're avoiding that for yes. environmental concerns right it, now? Yes. Really? Yes. Uh, Fewest number of leases since the Reagan administration. Could, how fast could you could you turn that? Could you yeah. develop that? And number one, and number two, would they be interested based on prices? On prices today, yeah, they would. Well, and it, it's it's about when you make that decision. That that decision comes for well into the future. Sure, that but you got to start somewhere. Well, and it's the same thing that we saw when everything started to get ramped back around the the pandemic, twenty twenty. It's taken time, not just for oil, but a lot of other industries. You saw it with Christmas trees. You didn't plant as many. So it's going to take time for all of these to catch back up. So when you do ramp up production, it's not necessarily a winter 2022 into 23 or even summer 23. This is down the road that you have to do this now in order to have it in the future. But what it also says to OPEC and other oil producing countries is, hey, if we're going to sell our oil, we better get at it. Yeah, I mean, I, but I, I like I look at some of the numbers. Like, five thousand permits were approved in in two thousand one for the industry, which is the highest figure since the second Bush administration. You've got unused leases that are at the disposal right now. They're only using half of the area that they've got that they've already leased at that point. They've they've got the leases, but they don't have the permits yet. But they're the not permits th- are being held up. But th- these are sitting on. These are sitting on on areas here that that's not necessarily something that the government's stopping from from happening in some cases. Yeah, because the permitting process follows the leases, right? Well, and you have to have a way to transport it. That's true. That's true as well. But it'd be nice. It'd be nice if we we're that simple to to be able to just start some drilling and and get those prices down. But I feel like it's it's so much more complex in every in every way. Whatever. Prices aren't that. I mean, listen, they're higher than they were before. They're not great. They're not good. But I'm still having a hard time panicking. You know, they're not. I guess if they're going up to 450 again by the winter, I think. I think the overall inflationary effect, though, it just it, it's an add-on and add-on and pile-on. But we got gas prices. You're going to see heating costs up this this year. Electricity costs. All of that is affected in well, the energy policy. I'll tell you what, in the heating costs, whatever this smart thermostat I got turns it down to about 62 in our house in the middle of the night. So, no. we must be we're going to I think we're going to be saving money no matter what until there's a coup. We are freezing at until night. Until there's a coup in the Mitchell household, it's you, great. You might you might uh, win out. It's it, great until you have to get out of bed. Right. That's the point. That's why. I, that's why. I've been or heated. get out of the shower. <laughs> I've got heated floors in the bathroom. Boy, oh, that was nice. Look at that. Oh. Yeah, getting out of the shower is brutal. Number one. And for the first time since 2014, Nebraska women's basketball ranked in the Associated Press preseason poll. They slot in Ooh. at number 22. Hey, how about that, Caleb? Ten regular season games against teams ranked in this preseason poll. Number four, Iowa. I'm, number twenty-two or number twenty-one, Creighton, one spot ahead of Nebraska. I'm really excited. Now, I wonder. I wonder if the the people who vote in that thing were how much they 
factored in or even realized Sam Hybe's situation for this year and if that you know was calculated into this or just unaware of this because that's a real bummer I think I mean I, I think, think that's a it's gonna hurt the team well yeah so they're at 22 I think whether they knew or not if you have Sam Hybe you're probably in that 15 to 18 range with Hybe yeah without Hybe you're 22 so you're you're still a top 25 team in my opinion based on everything they have coming back and the transfers they've added the signees they've added. Yes. Uh, just looking at the standings, I was at Iowa's number four. Jeez. Caitlin Clark's still there. Yep. Uh, other Big Ten teams, Indiana, 11. And then... Ohio uh, State, 14. Oh, I missed Ohio State. Nebraska then, also plays Virginia Tech, who's 13. Maryland, 17. Jeez. Creighton is, 20, is at 21. Michigan is at 25. Uh, Nebraska will also play Kansas, who is receiving votes. All right, going to be a fun, uh, fun basketball s- season for uh, Amy Williams. Team. I am pumped. I'm excited up for to it. see her just slam her shoes onto the court and make the entire PBA reverberate. Spill your beer. Add an inch to the heel every time you win. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> All right, 754. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. When, live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, Fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. Well, that's right. We're doing this first. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I forgot about this. All right. Fantasy Huskers. You got to text this word into uh, the Rickstown Recognition text line 402 479 1400 if you want to pick during uh, Fling Week Part 2 or you pick another team this week instead of Nebraska because Nebraska's not playing. AP Top 25 team that scores the most points this week. Uh, what is the keyword? Sacrilegious. Oh, my gosh. Uh, S A C R E L. Really? S A C R I L E G I O U S. Oh, it's like sacrilegious? Sacrilegious. It's not like the word religious is R E, though. Yeah. R I. I don't know if I believe you. No, I guess you're right, huh? That's a mis that's a misspelled word by the designers of that word. And that's why All right. it is our keyword today. All right. S A C R I L E G I O U S. Text that in for whatever reason. Get yourself a pick. I got you like team. Mayor, I'm sorry, you're gonna have to wait. Yes, I need to look true. up how to spell this. So word. Mayor Larry and Gaylor Bear joins us right now, who I know was spelling that in her head probably. I did, I did Google it. <laughs> Did you well, hold on? No, there was a spelling bee. I didn't get that heads up. So, well, well I was get gonna ready. like be honest. Would you have gotten that right or not? I don't think so. No. <laughs> makes me feel better. No. It makes me feel a lot better. I got <laughs> I got absolutely uh, jobbed in a spelling bee in third grade, and I'm still mad about it. 
the the word was the word was fourth. It was please come fourth in line to receive your cookie. The 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 sentence was ambiguous. I spelled F O U R T H. It was F O T R T H. They rang the bell. I was out. I still have nightmares about it. So yeah. you're not I got tripped up on the word conscious. Conscious, jeez, yeah, yeah that's that a hard one too. Colonel yeah. got me. Colonel, okay. <laughs> we all remember. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We really do. We 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 very much do. Uh, how you doing, Mayor? Good to talk to you. I'm doing well. Just don't ask me spelling things. I won't. <laughs> I won't. Hey, uh, you you. Uh, I haven't had a chance to talk to you since your 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 state of the uh, state of the city address. I had a chance to um, read over that, and and of course some of the stories that that came out of it. But what was um, uh, you, you know, kind of like setting up right now where you're at? I know you announced some new initiatives. I know you you kind of talked about where the city is coming out of the pandemic. But just kind of give where you're at here, what you wanted to convey with that yeah. in terms of state of mind and and uh, looking forward for the city and your vision for it. You bet. Well, as as I laid out in the state of the city, my administration has been just laser focused on leading Lincoln towards a more successful, secure, and shared future. That's our vision. And in part, because of that vision and the efforts to implement it, we are a safer community. We're more welcoming, we're more resilient, and more prosperous, and we are working hard to keep it this way far into the future. Um, we talked about public safety. Um, that is our number one priority and you know, shared some some statistics. Um, my administration has added nearly 60 public safety personnel in the last three years. That's both at our police department and at LFR. Um, we are incentivizing the creation of, of new housing for, uh, for our prosperity and making sure that everyone has a safe place to call home. So we've we've incentivized 1,200 new or rehabilitated affordable housing unit, and that's just you know. On, on track for our affordable housing goal of creating 5,000 more units by 2030, while at the same time we continue every day to help process new development through the city at every price point. Uh, we're working on streets. We're absolutely focused on streets and have a new vision to eliminate traffic-related deaths and severe injuries in Lincoln. We're, we're, we have a goal to reduce those incidents 60% by 2045, and we're seeking federal funding to help us do that. Um, and we launched a project that really got the most uh, sizzle, so to speak. People really seemed excited about the Downtown Music District project, which we're focused on downtown's live music scene. We want to capitalize on our our, our city's hub for live music. And so we've launched a, a committee that's going to support the development of that district. We think that'll help not only the arts and, the, you know, having good times in our community, but also that'll support downtown and our local economy uh, and help us keep people here or keep the people here we want to to come and join us in our in our workforce so let, let, let's get in a little bit more in, into some of those things and, and you know you said in the speech you, you you repeated it there that public safety is the the top priority for for your administration and, and I think there were you know that new police contract I think was a uh, a, a step in, in that direction and, and not only you know longevity uh, making this an attractive job uh, those sorts of things and, and the new budget as well um, but I know I also know right now and, and I'm sure you know this too it feels like you're waking up way too often in Lincoln and you're hearing a story of a homicide the night before or the weekend before and I know it's been a a busy year for that uh, and and uh, that's just it's just something that is sort of out of the character of this this community and um, I, and, and I'm curious when when you see that when you continue to see those numbers and with that with that 
um, uh, priority in mind. Like, how, how does that affect it? I mean, what are the con- are there conversations? Like, is it something that's still about your the numbers of police are too much? I know it's not a, an easy correlation necessarily to make, but I'm I guess I'm just kind of curious about your reaction to those sorts of things because I think a lot of us are reacting to it and seeing like mm-hmm. this just doesn't feel right for Lincoln. Right. I mean, there's there's no number of homicides that's acceptable in a community. And so we take it really seriously. And every time I meet with the chief, we review the data. And I think what's um, it can be hard to hear that news. When you look at the data, you can find some reassurance in that violent crime overall is actually down in Lincoln this year, 7% compared to the prior four years. I mean, 7% year-to-date and 14% compared with the last five years. And when there are homicides in our community, like right now we have a 100% closure rate. And the chief would tell you that that means that our investigators and our officers are on the case. They, they find the perpetrator and they mete out justice. And so, you know, feel, people can feel very confident in LPD's effectiveness in solving those cases. Um, you know, we are a growing community. Um, we're approaching that 300,000 population mark, and it's it's not a surprise that this is the kind of kind of uh, we're going to have to pay more and more attention and continue our strides to have great relationships in the community. Our community policing model is part of why we close those cases so quickly, um, and I mean I think that what we're trying to reassure the public is that most cases these homicides are between it, it's it's related individuals it is targeted it is not random mm-hmm. so in terms of um, the general public safety there's less of a need to be alarmed but of course we are paying close attention and working hard to minimize this activity and we also want to plug for your viewers and listeners that um, really what we have of course have seen with regard to other types of theft is that we we all have a role to play in not inviting crime. So locking your doors at home and locking up your vehicle is a great way to help our officers um, uh, and prevent crime for our residents and help our officers uh, stay focused on larger crime issues. The the other thing that it feels like there's too many headlines of when I wake up in the morning, get ready for the show, are these terrible car crashes too. And yeah. and you talked a little bit about. Um, that there's either there might be some grant money there. There might be some things with this initiative to really reduce these. And like my my first reaction to that was that that sounds good, but it feels like so much of it too is making sure that people are you know like driving well. <laughs> I mean, is yeah. is not distracted, not drunk, not you right. know all of all of these other like how yep. much can you really how much can you really even do in that situation? Do you think? Right. It's. Um, it's not something the city can get done alone. We will do our part to look at, you know, what can we do with engineering and design of our streets? What can we do with signage? What can we do with our street, um, you know, our light system, the network that helps manage traffic flow? But, of course, it does come down to folks taking precaution, remembering that when you're behind the wheel, you're, you know, there's a lot of risk to you and those around you. And so you want to manage that risk by, you know, Put your phone away. Don't drink and drive. You know, some of those basic safety tips. And I think, um, you know, we, we all just have to pay a lot of attention on our roads and do our best to keep everyone safe.
when you when you, when you talk to LTU, kind of now that the summer construction season is is wrapping up, I know it was a busy one. I know it was a busy one from having driven around and wanting to drive on South Seventieth Street and not being able to a few times and and other places. Uh, how 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 much were they able to get done that they wanted to get done, and kind of where are we coming out of the uh, the yeah. summer construction season for roads? Yeah. Yeah, we had a really, really super busy and productive summer construction season, which is great news. We've been investing at historic levels. We we have spent $61.4 million this year on streets, and that is resulting in a lot of progress. And um, that means while, you know, those cones are inconvenient for a time, when they go away, you know, we've got smoother, safer streets, and we've got 28 miles worth of improvements across neighborhoods throughout the community, all quadrants. And, and that's building on the investments we've been making since 2019. When I entered office, we've since 2019 we've invested 167 million dollars in streets, and we do that because we know how important it is to our residents. We know that that's really how we keep people safe on the roads. It's part of it. It's how we move goods and commerce through our community. It's how kids get to school, and it, it helps support the growth of our community, which means you know better economic opportunities for everybody. So we'll continue to be focused on this, um, and we, we appreciate the, the public's patience while we do that construction and repair, um, and I, I believe people are feeling really great about the results. Hey, Mary, I know we have uh, a lot of small business owners that, that listen to this show, and uh, utility, we were just talking in the previous segment about gas prices, and of course utility prices factor into that as well. Evidently, there's, there's a program I know a little bit about, maybe you can give us some details, some utility assistance that's going to be available to small businesses coming up this year. Yeah, that's right. We have used our federal rescue plan dollars to focus on recovery, economic recovery and renewal for our community and especially our small businesses. And so this latest round of assistance that we're providing to small businesses in our community is to allow them to apply for up to a year of electric and water utility costs that we will use our federal relief dollars to prepay LES and the Lincoln Water System on their behalf. So we put this notice out. We are encouraging small businesses to apply. A lot of folks already have, which is great. We've we've got um, you know over seven hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of requests so far, and we just you know, just hope that this having one less bill like that is going to help our small businesses. They're not thinking about that bill. They have more opportunity to grow their operations or or deal with inflation or, and recover from losses they may have experienced. So, so again, trying to support that our community as we bounce back. All right. So these are, uh, looks like, just reading over this, looks like first come, first serve. So uh, get to uh, lincoln.ne.gov slash ARP. Uh, and the applications look like they're all uh, available now, have been for a few days. That's right. So That's right. So, yeah, very good. Uh, have you rode, uh, the scooter project is a go now, the, the probationary period or whatever is over, and we're actually doing this now. Have you rode one yet? Yes, I have gotten uh, on a scooter. You got one on fun. one? It is very fun, and um, it seems pretty efficient and an easy way to get around. And In fact, the boundary that we're allowing the scooters to um, be accessible is, is grown because we know this is really popular. Uh, we're seeing that um, because of the successful pilot, we wanted to make this program permanent, and it is available to folks. It launched earlier this month, and um, we, you know, you can... Learn more about the details of the program at lincoln.ne.gov slash scooter. But I'm just so pleased that um, in the first two weeks of this permanent program, we've seen almost 4,300 e-scooter trips taken by people in our community. Really? And that's, that's like, yeah. Like, I legit wondered if Lincoln is a scooterable downtown. 
Like, yeah. I've been to. I mean, I've been to a lot of cities where they've got they've got them. There's a lot of people doing them, but I just didn't know if if Lincoln feels like a scooterable yeah. downtown. But yeah, if the well, numbers are there, I guess the the that, the pilot helped establish that for us, and we you know we're excited. This of course is going to help take some cars off the street and and you know free up some parking spaces and you know advance environmental goals. But it's also just kind of a, a fun. Um, option and people today are wanting different travel options in their downtowns. People go to other communities. They see this as a choice and they want it in Lincoln. So we're we're pleased to be able to provide that choice to our community. All right, very good, Mayor. Uh, I'm out of time for okay. today. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. We will uh, check in again coming up in a month or so. All right. All right. Thanks so much. There you go, Mayor Lirian Gaylor Baird. Quick spell, Lirian. Oh God! Not while she's on hold. <laughs> L E I R I O N. Yes. Oh, God. Look at you go. <laughs> I had to think about it, though. She probably gets that a lot. To yeah. Be yeah. All right. It's 825. We'll take a break. Tell MK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 838, 22 degrees in the capital city. We are still currently, as we sit right at this moment, at a uh, record low temperature for this date, October 19th. Record low is 26, and so we're still, we were, we were three, four degrees even below this. Uh, but nonetheless, still sitting there. There. Normally, we have John Bishop this segment. He's got a uh, he's got another work recording uh, interview obligation right now. So uh, no Bish today. We'll grab him again next week. Uh, but Caleb, I thought we would do a little bit of a fun exercise here today. People may remember if they listen to this show frequently that back one month and one week ago, the uh, the Tuesday after. Scott Frost was fired, and Mickey Joseph was named the head coach. Mm-hmm. We did our off-the-cuff, two days into it, 36 <laughs> hours into it, rankings for who we would like to see as the next head coach. Yes. Okay? Um, and I pulled mine up. I've got mine pulled up. Do you from, have yours uh, pulled up, first too? Time, yeah. All right. So, and then I... I I'm glad you shared it into your uh, your I-80 club. Oh, did uh, was it in there? Okay. Uh, so... I I put uh I also have my current five as well. Um I ran off so, a current five as so well. So I ran so I wanted to see how, but I did the current five first before I went back and remembered what the original five yep. was. Because I'm interested in how much we've all evolved in our opinions about this over the course of a, this is what happens with a long coaching search right this is what you see the stock the, the coaching search goes so long that you see the stock of certain coaches just ebb and flow during the entire time i mean you know lance leipold loses another game here he may uh he may not be somebody that people are interested in anymore for for right or for wrong so i thought i'd check it out and 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 it is interesting because in the end I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty similar to where I was last time around. Now, the biggest changes for me is that I'm this this is still a hard list to make because there are still guys that I want that I just don't think are realistic. Okay. okay. That I that I just don't think are, which I think who, you're Who's that? Who who's on your Okay, so I actually had I had Kyle Whittingham on my list as number 1 the first time around Utah's head coach and I don't think that's even 
right. on the radar. I don't think that's happening. I don't think okay. he's on the radar. I don't think he's coming. So I, I don't. I'm I'm taking him off now just because I don't think it. The other one I can't remember if you had him on your list or not, but the other one just based on resume that I would be really interested in is Mike Gundy. Yep, from Oklahoma State. Yep, but I don't I I don't think there's any. Like I just don't I don't think that's realistic or likely. There's just no buzz. And so I would have I mean those two would be on for me, but I've taken them off uh just because I I just I just don't think there would be any interest there at this point. But but if I'm wrong. So, so I will Gund- put those as an addendum to mine. So Gundy's still on mine. Okay. I had him originally at my number 5. Did you? Okay. I still have him at 5. Nobody's talking about that. Nobody's talking about because nobody thinks it's going to happen. Nobody thinks he would do it. Right. Well, I mean, if you limit yourself to who do you think would do it, right? You're you're, you're missing out on someone who might actually be interested in you're making right. That move. It's just there's been no sort of like buzz uh, that that's a possibility. That's the big part with all of this, and that's one of mine on here. There just hasn't been buzz. But there wasn't buzz about Mike Riley before he came here either. Right. So, so yeah, the the buzz part of this is very hard to gauge, especially when you look at how coaches are doing week to week. Is that actually playing into the evaluation, which I don't yes. think it is. Um, but that's the part where, okay, this person's lost a couple of games. Matt Campbell must be out. Right. So who were... Okay, so go back to your initial list. Okay. I'm curious what so, that was, and I'll do mine. My initial list, starting from five to going to one, was Mike Gundy, Lane Kiffin, Mark Stoops, Dave Aranda, Luke Fickle. Okay, okay. That that was my five. God, yeah, I forgot we were. Nobody's even talked about Mark Stoops anymore. No, <laughs> like that hasn't even been right brought up for whatever reason. Um, you know, in part maybe because if if Iowa decides if if Ferentz ret- retires at Iowa, he might be one of the first calls that they make. But nonetheless, nonetheless, yeah. Okay. If we look, if you look at the Iowa job, I'm pretty sure it's Stoops or Bielema. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's what I would do if I were them. Uh, all right, so how has it changed, if at all, uh, when you did your new one? So Gundy's still at five. Mickey Joseph jumps into four for me. because Was si- not involved, was not in your first list. Well, and was not in the first list because we had not seen him run a program to that point. Right, right. Um, and now we've seen him coach a couple of games. We're seeing him learn. We're seeing him go through and make adjustments in-game that have more of an impact than being one of the offensive assistants. We're seeing him in front of the media, how he handles the program, mm-hmm. how he handles someone transferring, injuries, talking about all of that. So we've got a month of of resume for him now. Okay. So he comes in at number four. I've all liked right. what I've seen. My number three is now Luke Fickle. He drops back two spots. He was your number one before? He was my number one. Why did he drop? It's you just I haven't heard a whole lot. Like, he's still doing well. They only have one loss. Right. It's not about anything he did. It's just about... It's just where I'm feeling the kind of where where a little bit of the buzz might be, what you're hearing from people in the know. See, you're sort of factoring into, like, the likelihood that it actually happens. Yes. Like I was, too. Now, I still really like him. Like, any of these five on my list, I'm like, I have no problem with that. Okay. Uh, My number two, and sticking at two, is Dave Aranda. Okay. My number one, who's moved up, who I just keep getting more and more fired up about by the day, Lane Kiffin. <laughs> All right. 
He was my number three. He's up to my number one. Which, by the way, oh, he, he was my he four. Said he's he's not, up to one. He said he's not going anywhere the other day. So that's cool. Know. Everyone we'll says see. that. I'm okay yeah, with that. They all say that till the truckload of money shows up, <laughs> right? So my five at the time, at the time, I had, I had Mickey Joseph at five right away. Uh, I had I had Dave Aranda at four. I had Matt Campbell at three. I had Lane Kiffin at two, and I had Kyle Whittingham at one. Now I'm uh-huh. I, I, just I'm I'm taking Whittingham off not because I don't like him, but I just I don't know. I just I don't think that's happening between his age, his um, you know, his connection to Utah. Um, uh, his Mormon faith, those, all of those, all of those things. I just, mm-hmm. it seems really unlikely. That said, I would still love him. Gundy's in that group for me too. I'm yeah. not. I don't. I just don't. I don't have him on because I don't see him as as there even being any chance of there being smoke there. So if that is that does change when we revisit this another month from now, maybe I'll put him back on. Um. So those are my five. So mine. Here's how mine has changed. Okay, I still have Mickey Joseph at five. I still would be very interested in, and there's deep down in my heart, frankly, deep down in my heart, I think that's what I really want. Mm-hmm. But I want it to be earned through this season. Yeah. And I think it's, I'll say this, Caleb, like, it's an unfair situation to put Mickey in as this being his audition, but what else do you have? Like, how else do you. He doesn't have a head coaching resume that other coaches mm-hmm. do. And so you've got this. He's basically creating a small sample of a head coaching resume in what is an incredibly difficult situation. Of course, you're, you're the interim head coach. You've, you've changed out a defensive coordinator. Um, you've got all sorts of other things going on. And, and so it's an uphill battle. Like, if let's say he does end up with you know gets two more wins this year or one more win, like I'm still not even I'm that doesn't mean he's a bad head coach right right this is not this is a a, a lab created situation that is not really like being a head coach right um and, and you don't get to just give him a one or two year contract and say now we'll evaluate yeah, here and come it's, back it's to a, this it's just a it's a it's his bad situation, but I also, I also really think I, I still. When I heard Trevor that first press conference and he was asked about Mickey, I, he, he emphasized it's going to be a national search. It's going to be a national search. I still don't know that I know for sure that Mickey wants it. Like that's another thing that I keep thinking of. All of that said, all of that said, you get to six wins, you get to seven wins. I would be surprised if he didn't climb up significantly on these on these rankings oh, that sure. I'm doing. Uh, and a big part of it is Caleb, just sort of the heart, just sort of like I like him, I want him. I'll admit it. I like his connections to the current players that that exist right now. Uh-huh. Um, I I think there's maybe a better chance that you hit the ground running next year, which I think is important. So like I'm not shying away from wanting that, but I just. I think you have a hard time justifying it unless these last five games go like weirdly well. Yeah. Which they could, which they very well could. Right. Uh, So I got him at five. I've got, uh, I've got Matt Campbell at four. He was at three before, but like, I'm still interested in, in Matt Campbell. Okay. Um, Any particular reason why? uh, I think because he has had, 
I, I think it is just that there was such little success at that program, and he's now had, and, and this year isn't going great. And listen, he's got the Scott Frost thing where he's losing close games, and he has a rival that keeps beating him up until this year in Iowa. But he's had multiple years at the Power 5 level showing success at a program that has historically not been a very good one. Um, and and his record isn't super gaudy, but man, I, I still, it felt like that team, you know, and they did it again last week against at Texas. Yeah. When, when they were under, and they lost, ended up losing that game, although there was a missed call. I think that might have played significantly, and a drop pass that played significantly into that. Last, I'm still... Last nine losses for Iowa State are all... Single ones. digits. Yeah, I know. Single digits. But I don't know. I like him. I, I like him. Um... Uh, yeah, I'm still I'm still interested in him. Okay, and I don't know, I, like I'd rather ha- rather have him than I don't have Leipold on my list. I, neither do you, but no, I just I think he's got more experience. I think he's more proven at the Power Five level than Leipold is. So I, even though he's younger, um, I'd, I'd prefer him for yeah. that reason. My number three is a new one into mine, and because I wasn't really thinking about him the first time around, my number three is Chris Peterson. Okay. Uh, former Boise State and Washington coach who now is in the TV booth, took a couple couple years off, um, has a really, really good coaching record. And I think there, there have been some uh, rumblings that he might be interested to get getting back in the coaching game after it looked like he was done. If they could pull that, given given the resume that he has of success, and I understand, you know what's going to happen if 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 that if that were a thing, people would right away, and I think wrongfully so, people would right away go, "It's another Mike Riley." I know, I, I just because he comes from the West. Yeah, he was in the. Uh, my, listen, Chris Peterson took Washington to the college football playoff in <laughs> what his third year there, to the college football playoff, and and and. Kept it relatively close with an Alabama team that was a juggernaut in that game, and was his record every his record of Boise was ridiculous too. So I, if he wants to come and coach, I am I I for somebody like me who's been so focused on experience in Power Five, success in Power Five, and in Division One college football, he's got a resume that isn't you know it's in the top top echelon of the coaches that we've talked about. Um, I've got Luke Fickle too. Um, it's it's interesting because I'm giving him a little bit of a benefit of the doubt, thinking of Cincinnati as a Cincinnati isn't a Power Five team, but it kind of feels like they are. So I'm it's Power Five. I'm letting light. him slide on that a little bit because he doesn't. The only thing he's got in Power Five experience is when he was the interim at Ohio State. Yeah. But the other thing is he's got a lot of Big Ten experience. Yeah, he's Big Ten footprint, Big Ten yeah. experience as an assistant. Now, it may be that he's sitting and waiting for Ohio State or Notre Dame to open up, um, but it could be a while on both of those. It really could be a I while mean, on both of those. So. I, don't, I don't know. Notre Dame was open last summer. I know. Or last year. I know. And they just lost to Stanford. And haven't looked great. And then I've got I'm I'm with you. I know and I know people don't like this. I got I got blasted on some social media for this. I get it, he's a little bit brash, but not that much. I got Lane Train number one. All right. He has got now he's got the combo, Caleb, of not only having a solid power five record at multiple schools. He never do you know this? He never had a losing record. At, and he got fired at Tennessee, fired at USC, or, or left from Tennessee and got fired at USC. 
and now at, at Ole Miss, did go to Florida Atlantic. He never had a losing record at a Power 5 school. Isn't that crazy? That is. He did not have a losing complete rec- season record at any of those schools. Um, and so you've got that. So you've got my check mark for years of experience of success. And then he's doing a complete turnaround at Ole Miss. He's in the midst of a huge turnaround at Ole Miss right now. Yeah. That's been not a good program for the last five years. Well, and years. you want to talk one of the best. I know you heard heard something similar about Scott Frost and his offense. Lane Kiffin is one of the best offensive minds in football. Yeah. He changed how Nick Saban ran his program for the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. If you haven't watched any of the any documentaries or any of the interviews where Nick Saban, yeah, they got into it. But Nick Saban adjusted the entire way he ran his offense based off of Lane Kiffin being his offensive coordinator. Plus, plus, it, it, and getting him to leave there is going to be hard. I, I mean, I get that. So it may not that may be a non-starter. But again, what happens when you you pull the truck up full of money and and make him say no? Um, and but, Schaefer said last Friday on Friday Husker Tailgate that. Lane Kiffin walks in and he's a he's a top fifteen national recruiter. Yeah, like that. That's that's where your team recruits. Plus, he he's wanted this job in the past. <laughs> there have been plenty of reports that he's wanted this job in the past. He was he was born here. He's got history here. There have been multiple times when there's been at least flirtation from his end mm-hmm. on on this thing. Now, no Big Ten experience in every one of these coaches. Caleb, it's crazy because every single one of these coaches you can ask questions about. You can say, "All right, this is their downfall." Right. Yeah. So if it's you know if it's somebody like Fickle, you're like, "Well, not much Power Five experience, really." Right. Right. It's like Peterson. Well, he hasn't been coaching for three years. His NIL, it's a whole different world yep. for him at this point. At Campbell, it's like with Campbell, it's like, well, the shine's kind of worn off. He's really kind of getting close to five hundred. All of these these things you could do that with any candidate. and with Kevin, it's no Big Ten experience. And does that offense that offense translate mm-hmm. uh, to the Big Ten? Essentially, is it is it trying to do what you do with Scott Frost offense? Right, essentially. But I don't know, and I and I like it. I kind of like I don't know. I like that he doesn't take things too seriously sometimes. That is nice to to see. Well, when Tennessee won this last week, right, he was retweeting. Obviously, the goalposts going on their trip, but he genuinely gets excited for these uh, for the schools that he was fired at. Yeah, it was. On, he was on College Game Day. They interviewed him live. He was just pacing around on the field, and they interview him. And they they were the College Game Day was in Tennessee. He was at Ole Miss on the stadium at the stadium walking around. And they uh, they asked him. They said, "Well, do you have any thoughts on this Tennessee game? I don't even know if you know what's happening, but Tennessee, Alabama." And he was like, "What are you kidding? Of course I know it's happening." And and the fans were booing him. The Tennessee fans were booing him. And he said, "He said because uh, um, Ole Miss was going to play Auburn that day." And he said, "Why don't we both beat teams from Alabama today? Go Vols!" And the entire place, <laughs> the entire place erupted. So, wow! Look at us. Look at us both on the lane train. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? Here Not me. On the lane train. <laughs> 855. So they're going update. Things haven't changed that much. A little. A little but shifting here and little there. A little shifting. We'll have to do this in another month from now and see if it does it again. All right. It's uh, 855. Wrap up the show for this on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. All right, let's uh, go over those uh, those picks for Fantasy Huskers. Fling Week Part 2, who we got? 
Tina jumps in with Alabama. Alabama plays Mississippi State, another ranked team, but that could be a shootout. Ruth. Hopping on the lane train. Ole Miss. Oh, she heard us talking about lane train. She's like, those guys know what is up. Who does Ole Miss play? Uh, Ole Miss gets LSU. LSU. All right, LSU. Over under 66 for that one. LSU's actually favored point and a half. Really? Forget that. (laughs) Choo-choo. (laughs) Choo-choo. It's 9 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln.